Hi, it's Darcy the Mail Girl. When I'm not trying to convince Joe Bob to play Halloween 3, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that has a newfound appreciation for the combination of roller skates fringe and white cowboy boots (laughs) my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode the killer car carnage continues as we add a little science fiction to the mix and talk 1986's the wraith wraith the (laughs) <laughs> and whether you've gone swimming in a stone creek or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your sheen hole. <laughs> I, I don't want to think about a sheen hole, and now it's stuck in my head. And I guess if you want to try Winning. to get... <laughs> God, God help us. It... Not a minute in, and that has already seeped and made its way and just infected the podcast. I'm telling you right now. I'm surprised we got that far. We made the entirety of watching the movie of not even gearing into that. Now we're recording it, and you're in front of an audience, and my God. I had to think of something whole really quick. So Sheen Hole. Regardless or not, uh, you can follow these kind of shenanigans out on social media. Uh, You can follow us on- Shenanigans? Man. Right now, and again, someone right now is feeling it. Dustin out there is just hurting. He's hurting. Shenanigans. And of course, you can follow us out on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and you've already rolled it. Do we need... (coughs) Which leads to shenanigans. And regular shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is going to release on Friday, August 19th, if you live in the Kansas City area and you would like, uh, you go to screenland.com, they will have these shenanigans taken care of indoors. Outdoors. And virtually. I'm just going to have to get us back on track. My goodness gracious me. Until we go off of the rails again. Oh, that's fine. We just ought to get through the intro. I know, right? Off rails is on brand for us, but that's once we get to the meat of the episode. Oh my goodness! So that being said, the Friday this is releasing to get us back on track and on brand, our latest Friday Night Fright is keeping us in the 1970s, mm-hmm. which is always good. Uh, it's bringing an acclaimed filmmaker to the theater, and one Brian De Palma. Ooh, classy. Well, Ish. yeah. <laughs> I you might argue we could break out the beaded curtain potentially for it. Oh. Cuz it is De Palma, mm-hmm. but come on out and check out Sisters. Ooh, I've never seen that. I saw it for the first time re- a few years ago and thanks to our, again our friends at the Stray Cat Theater, I uh, mm-hmm. had a chance to check it out there as well. And it is very De Palma. And if and it's really funny cuz I think it's like maybe 72 when it came out, but it's so early on you're like I don't know who this filmmaker is, but they really like Hitchcock. 
but you start seeing the seeds of all his work, you get an amazing Margot Kidder performance that really sets the stage into Barb uh, and with Black Christmas. Uh, well, the trailer looks wild. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. I will just say this. You'll see the basket tra- uh, basket case trailer play before it. It does play uh. into that. Uh, it is well worth your while. Hope to see all of you out there for that. Then, now, of course, the following Friday, the next Friday Night Fright, it's an I've seen that for me. Oh, yeah? It is, but I understand that you are a huge fan of it. I wouldn't say huge. I've seen it enough times, and I do enjoy a good musical and a good horror musical of that. I do enjoy Repo, the genetic opera. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Um, Paul Servino's great. <gasps> so um, it's very much in an observance then. The, the cast is stacked. I mean, even Paris Hilton does a great job in it. I, and I've heard good things about it from top to bottom. Um, and that is, is it Darren Bowsman mm-hmm. that put it out again. Local mm-hmm. flavor here, of course. No, I'm now and that it's being gory. Is it? It's very gory, very gory. All about taking you don't pay your bills because you you needed a new organ, so the repo men come and take your organs away. Is Anthony uh, not Anthony? Healed. Anthony Head. Anthony Head. Yeah, yeah, entirely different character actor. That's I remember Giles being in there. No, unfortunately. Now that being said. We will not be present no. at that. We are actually going to be in um, Topeka, Topeka that weekend. Topeka, the Slash Bash Fest. Yes, which very excited for. Uh, we're going to have a table out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be out and about. So please, if you are in the area, come on out. Check it out. Uh, com. I'm really, really, really excited for that one. Oh, there's a lot of good guests coming. Uh, Deborah Foreman. Uh-huh. Which, Too bad you're crazy. And that should be said, uh, we are going to be giving a lot of, have a lot of giveaways mm-hmm. that we're going to be putting out there. So come on out and check it out. Now, other repertory screenings are going to be happening on the weekend of the 19th. Uh, going back to the summer of 82, mm-hmm. a film that has influenced so much based on the cast, the filmmaker, the genre, and <laughs> is so influential that it itself has a variety of um, versions. Mm-hmm. The version we're going to be watching is the final cut of Blade Runner, which, again, I've I've probably seen one or two versions, and of course I didn't realize how many there are out there. It's kind of confounding. Yeah, I've seen one or two versions. I enjoy the movie, but I can't remember which version I've seen. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's kind of like... Dune. I have no real stake in the game on that one. So yeah. like, but at the same time, if that's your bag and you dig it, don't get me wrong, I dig the movie and I think like it paved a lot of aesthetics for a lot of shit to come and we owe a lot of things to Blade Runner. But so yeah. Yeah, shit. Uh just actually putting what is it uh not um ergonomic ergonomics, but um the folding of the, the little things. Origami. There we go. Origami. Ergonomic. Really came back into play. It's that's one of those like chairs that like supposed to make you feel better, but doesn't quite. No, that's in Crimes of the Future. Oh, that's entirely built into that. But then the other repertory screening, and it's one that has definitely garnered a cult following because it had practically no one see it during its original. I believe in 1999, if I recall, it is pure mockumentary satire. Uh, it is one of my favorite comedies of the time, and unfortunately. Uh, the great late Brittany Murphy is in this. Uh, we're talking Drop Dead Gorgeous. I have grown to love this movie based on so many things, but her snorting in that film 
And again, we talk about representation matters, man. When my si- <laughs> when a sister of Snort comes out like that, ah, it's I love golden. Brittany Murphy. Well, that between her, Ellen Barkin in the movie is phenomenal. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's my little Carol Burnett. And of course, goddamn Allison Janney, who is a force of nature in that movie. Her, I got some. Every little thing, I, I cannot praise that movie enough. Now, if you're not ready to go back indoors, that's okay. Uh, you can head outdoors that Saturday. Uh, in the back lot, Adam Sandler's The Wedding Singer. Hmm, I saw that in the theater. Yeah, not much of a reaction, though. Are you are you a, a big fan of The Sandman? Here's the thing. My Sandler love kind of has waned significantly on the ages i still fucking love billy madison and happy mm-hmm. gilmore and all the early ones but then later on i'm like eh. diminishing returns with sandler and you know what i'll be 100 percent honest i haven't seen a lot of his dramatic shit because i'm like eh. you know so i haven't seen uncut gems and like i haven't seen punch drunk love but like fucking i love billy madison well it's really funny though <laughs> i get i should be noted they're uh one of the characters that shows up in the wedding singer is Billy Idol. Yeah. And who, I saw Billy... And don't get me wrong, I like The Wedding Singer, but I was like, I wasn't... I think I was expecting more, like, goofy guffaw back in the day, so then I was just like, eh, this is more... This is a ro- sweet nature. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. And, like, yeah, I, I like The Wedding Singer. No, it's fair. It's fair. Again, a variety of flavors that they can take care of there. Now, if you're in the Kansas City area, or even if you live afar, there's a variety of ways that you can... Help out Screenland, because again, we love them, a little mom and pop place. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where you can rent another number of films from them directly, or even better, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com slash Screenland, where amongst their many perks, we offer a little uh, watch party called the Shutter Shoutout, mm-hmm. and on August 27th, the last Saturday, oh boy, uh... A I'm double excited. feature that is Stephen King approved. Very Stephen King approved. At least for one of the films, because mm-hmm. we're going in blind to the, on second. the second one. But I'm looking forward to it because I really dig the first one. Uh, we're having an alligator August with alligator <laughs> and alligator the mutation. Just don't talk about his hair. He's real <laughs> sensitive about it. it. The best part of the, at least the, with the 1981, is it's very much a 1970s film. Wrapped into a creature feature. I love it. It's fan freaking Now, of course, both of those are streaming on Shudder, but by joining the film family, you're going to have access to what genius, what do you call it? It's the home game. We put together who a... Who do co- you love? <laughs> who, yeah, who, who loves you and who do you love? <laughs> well, we put together a customized pre-show uh, introduction where genius and I give you some information uh, regarding the films, customized trailers, and of course... The post-film discussion, mm. where we process what we have just experienced, and I think we've got a lot to process with oh, both yeah. of those. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing part two. I am too. I am too. <sighs> I don't think we can match what Henry Silva is putting out there. His, <laughs> I don't think anybody can match what Henry Silva is putting out there. His animal magnetism is just unmatched now. <laughs> that sounds like something you'd be interested in checking out. Head on over to patreon.com slash screenland, but genius... I'm talking film, family, and Patreon. He bellies. We also have a group of folks that have uh, come together and have imbibed in a number of things that we're offering. And actually here in the month of August, if you are on the squiddly diddly tier on 
up. You're going to have access to a little thing called the I've Seen That Challenge, where three times a week, I'm reacting to a, a film that I'm watching for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I mention that because this week, <laughs> they're going to have access to my thoughts, and more importantly, my thoughts on our experience of a recent Friday Night Fright film that we had, 1977's Death Game. Yeah, yeah, just get, just make sure, just t- turn it off now, turn it off now, because that's now stuck in their, all their heads. That is such an earworm to such a weird movie. When you start with a crayon montage. Such a weird theme to a weird movie. Everything about this movie, tip to top, is weird. My experience with this was weird. Everything was weird. Fucking batshit. Bonkers and batshit. You had a Blood Rage-esque journey through this film that I experienced with you. And I, I saw I, I saw it in you. I, I felt it. I heard it. Like, And the audience also went on a crazy journey. It was one of the rare instances where everyone in the audience was watching it for the first time, including us. And it was the ending. The abrupt ending that I think saved the movie. And made it, I, for me, I'm going to just call it right now, one of my favorite theatrical experiences in quite some time. <laughs> this one was wild. It almost broke me. Because here's <laughs> the thing. At first, I'm like, okay, why is there crayons? And like, all right. Then we're introducing to her main antagonist. And then for a minute there, I was like, okay, not a deal breaker. Right. And then. Then we get the sex scene, right? And it gets weirder from there. And then you see a kitty cat. And then, so then I was like, no, wait, okay, hold on. This is not going good. Then they became insufferable and worse. And I was getting angrier and angrier. And there was a point in the time where I'm like, I'm done. I'm, 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 I had to get up and go, and I'm like, I, mean, I got to leave. But then we came back in, and I'm like, because I had to, had to use, you know, it's long story. But <laughs> I was like, I don't like what I'm seeing right now. I'm very angry. And then the ending, the true ending happened, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the fuck was that? That was glorious. So, yeah. No, I don't know how to put my thumb on this movie. Well, it's... It was an experience. Yeah. And I know, I think you spoke for us all when we all reacted to that. It was, again, something that I don't think you can experience at home. So, yeah, you will hear my thoughts on that. God bless ASPCA vans. God bless them. Uh, well, you have access to that and, of course, the uh, Shutter shoutouts. So if that sounds like that might be of interest to you, uh, we have uh, so many other things to show out on there. A, a tear for every fear. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Come on and uh, join the freaky film family. <laughs> My dear old dad. And, uh, you know what? Sometimes you got to throw in weird music, especially <laughs> if you're on like a long road trip. Right. You got to maybe throw a little something in there to, to throw things off. <laughs> and so far this month, um, we've gone, we've. The, we started in 1977 with a car. Honk, honk, honk. 
we kind of stayed in the 70s, at least the narrative of it, but 1983's Christine. Mm-hmm. And now we're going into the 80s. Yep. And everything's bigger in the 80s. So I figured we needed to bring on someone else with an episode this big. Now, let me just tell you this. You can go back to our commentary. See? <laughs> He's getting ready. See? You can go back to our commentary uh, on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> where we talked with one Jill Gavargazian, and we talked about perspective. And we talked about how if you look at Leatherface's perspective in the movie, mm-hmm. it plays like a home invasion film. Right. Right? And so it's like, oh, y- you feel for him. How can you feel for Leatherface? He's this cannibal, right? So I mentioned that because our guest offered so much perspective in the viewing of this film that it changed not only the entirety of the movie, like, like, and this is a movie I love deeply, but it made me see it in an entirely different point of view. And that point of view was one of empathy, I think we all felt. (laughs) And based on that, most of you were anticipating, because there's a longstanding tradition with when our next guest comes on, that we bring up this trauma and we laugh at it. And that's not cool, you know, because it's, again, <laughs> empathy is a big thing, especially as we, we, yeah. we're we all gutter boys in a lot of ways, are <laughs> we not? Are we not? So because of that, there's now a moratorium on any mentions of any of that when we bring on this individual because he's better than all that. You know him as the president of the Kansas City Films Critics Circle. You can hear him on uh, Pitch, uh, Pitch Can City's newest podcast, Screen Time, along with a number of, of uh, several previous guests. Uh, of course, he is the host of the Horrorversary podcast. He's a welcome addition to our family. Please welcome back, Adrian Torres. Why am I so worried right now? Be- no, literally, literally. <laughs> no, 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 I know, I know, but I'm, si- I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I just wanted to say, okay, great, just fucking get to it. Because it, it's one of those Rip that it, it feels like it's set up to be like, no, we're not going to do this. And then yeah. he he worms away to have a little comment that that's in there. He 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 stayed away with it, with the 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 whole joke at the beginning, even though technically we came from a movie where they mentioned, you know, getting all up in that ass. Mm-hmm. Perspective, my friend. Again, mm-hmm. we need to, we need to live in a society where we can think of other people's perspectives because it changes how we view things. Mm-hmm. We just saw a film that is science fiction, horror, revenge, killer car, western. But the takeaway I have of it is poor gutter boy and all the things he went through, <laughs> and and the, all the times we were laughing at him, all the previous times we've watched this film, and all of a sudden we had that moment, and it was. Adrian that gave us that perspective again yeah. I legit loved well, it I feel man. bad because I didn't I didn't I didn't realize it until but before we were watching it together I had watched part of it uh at home and I'm like wait a second wait a second I know lots of people want to be like oh skank's the one who's you know in imbibing in all these things that would clearly mess up his brain but then you pay attention to the way that gutter boy's speaking and the way he's doing stuff and you're like no 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 there's there's a mental disability yeah. behind that. There's something that happened that maybe, as I, as I joked during the movie, maybe Skink inherited his ability to drink, you know, hydraulic fuel and and various other and snort WD twenty um, and various other things. That maybe his parents did that, and that's how Gutter Boy ended up the way he did. Because you're watching it, and you're like, no, this this is quite. Tr- 
traumatic when you think about the fact that he's kind of being forced to be involved with all this. And from there on out, every like heightened, normally cool action scene, we're like, oh, poor gutter boy. Like he's terrified at this point. Oh, I'm still giggling. I ain't going to lie because now, <laughs> I mean, I'm a monster still from the get. And But at the same time, now this brings up ethical questions. Is this considered like, I don't know, inappropriate because like you have like a, a non-disability actor playing oh, no. someone who, I mean, are we going to go, I mean, you know, but I, let's put it this I way. Do feel, I do feel the plight of gutter boy, but yeah. then also like he was part of the people that killed the, the, what, what Charlie Sheen. But it's, thing, but it's, so. but it's, it's, it's one of those that you see like how he, how he's involved, how he's treated with skank. And, mm-hmm. and so it's one of those that skank's supposed to be his protector, but instead he's the one who's involving him in it. And of course, we have the scene later in the in the movie when they're in the cooter, and you know he he's telling him grab the shotgun. And he goes, "What are you talking about? I don't know anything about a shotgun." But see, that's another thing. I mean, they're so cartoony, yeah, and oh, yeah. they're so over the top. Where I didn't even equate that. I'm like, okay, maybe Gutter Boy is just a doofus. Well, you and know, at one because point, they are like, okay, you know, like okay, boss, I'm coming. Well, at one point, he is giving such a what you could say uh, uh, was it a pig pen esque? Well, yeah, and also the noises he was making. Oh, he was he was yeah. We thought it was coming from Clint. Oh, I it turned out it was Shep Howard. No, I thought it was your cats. I thought it was any one of them. And like you guys are like, no, it is coming. It's coming from the screen, Greg. Yeah, and, and I mean, you you can pinpoint it to to both the scene when he's in the car. Uh, later on in the film, but then also at the airplane graveyard mm-hmm. when when Randy Quaid is is there and when he takes that pipe and he hits the propeller, you know, Gutter Boy flinches and then he starts making the mm-hmm. the sound and stuff like that. But it's like you pay attention to some of the lines and you're like, nope, clearly, clearly has he has a disability because you know when Skank's like, do you do you smell pig? And he goes, no, I I smell French fries, but fries. I don't. But that doesn't make much sense. Or then when Randy Quaid leaves and he goes, Skank, we don't we don't have a telephone. You know, and when they're in the car and they're trying to chase everybody down, he's he's the one who's like, no, you're going too fast. Don't don't do that. He's he's got the girl like he's shown that he kind of understands. But at the same time, he doesn't fully understand everything that he's like he's being getting gotten into because he's following skank after the guy comes through and uh, and the race shoots up everything. You know, his first thing is to say, skank, who was that guy? And skank has the great line of, I don't know, but but he was weird and pissed off. No, I definitely got more empathy for Gutter Boy on this one. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, Gutter Boy, Skank, <laughs> fucking Clint Howard. Just As Rughead. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we go from last week with Christine. We had a pretty interesting group of street toughs, including one Stu Charno. Mm-hmm. But this week, my goodness. I mean, in terms of the, the the just the the cast of characters, the cast from top to bottom, not just the side characters and the villains, but I mean the the love interest and like who the hero is. But seriously, the the goons steal the show when it's not being overtaken by Cassavetes being the creepiest creep. This fucking side, Packard. Of, yeah, fucking well, Packard's as bad as uh, with the bad guy in. What was that one movie where the with anti Greg would beat his sister a lot? Miami Connection. Miami Connection. Because wasn't he an abusive, uh, toxic boyfriend as well? Like if I can't love you, no one can. No, that was brother. He was that was brother brother, though. So yeah, again, it was. It's regardless. No, this is this is more uh, like uh, um, Packard is kind of a prototype for fear. I was going to say like the first season of uh, you. I haven't seen that. The Netflix show. Understand that Soldier Boy's favorite. 
show. <laughs> but no, but I mean that's you. that that's the the plot of you know of of the first season is there there's the person that he hasn't really talked to but he sees and he's in love with her and would protect her and everything. And I mean Packard's definitely doing that. There's all the scenes where he's in the background just sitting there watching her and then comes up to her and is like, "Don't you know that I love you?" That you're my girl, and she's got that. She's got that tearful response, and that one part where oh. she goes, "I don't love you. I've never made love to you, oh. and I will never love you." And then he proceeds to, you know, have all the blood that's on his hand. This movie's insane, and that's just it. This movie is in it at its core. Wraith the, Wraith the, Wraith the. But uh, in German, it'd be Wraith die. There we go. At its core, is a killer car movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they're they're layering in so many different genres and tropes and themes that and tones. Oh my! It's, oh yeah! It's a miracle that this movie works as well as it does, and I think mm-hmm. it is. It's a combination of the cast, mm-hmm. of the production design, of the soundtrack, and of course, the car. Yes, it is very much a character in this movie. So that's cool. The car's amazing now. <laughs> We laid it from the get go. We're not car guys. Adrian, yeah. are no, I'm not a car okay, guy. Okay, okay. But but I, I did I did find it, you know, funny that that they're being like, yeah, Dodge. It's the car of the future, like a rock. Well, it should be noted the car in question is a Dodge M4S Turbo Interceptor. That was like Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those concept cars that was used to show off. Um, what's it called? The, the like the technology and stuff that they were going to put in the car of the tomorrow. Yeah, that, that reminds me of those old cartoons of the, the car of tomorrow. No more. How many horsepowers in it? Three horsepowers. There's three horses in it. You know. Are, are you talking about the Homer? The Homer and and yeah. I was thinking of that too with the bubble top. Some things never go out of style. Well, that's just it. it the design. The rack and peanut steer, steering. We've gone with both the car and Christine are. Cla- classics like mm-hmm. literal classic yeah. cars this thing does seem otherworldly yeah this thing does um, look like something out of a science fiction film well because it's also the anti-christine when it's it's an old car that's sentient that's evil this one is a futuristic car that actually comes to fuck up shit on the side of justice it who, yeah. who knows but <laughs> i mean in fairness He's taking out, not to get all like, eee, all death wish vigilanteism, but he's taking out the people who done him wrong, yeah. you know? So, like, and these are not good people he's taking out. I mean, gutter boy excluded, <laughs> but, like, at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a revenge movie. There were multiple mm-hmm. points when we were watching it yeah. where you could have had that. five miles per hour. That's... <laughs> I'm gauging you on that one there. I, I I thought that was pretty good, but no, there were multiple times when we were watching it. We were all kind of doing that, because you would yeah. have those moments, mm-hmm. the flashbacks. Uh, it hits so many different things. But by any chance, do you guys remember your first interactions with this movie? Because I know for me, it was kind of an HBO rotation that I would catch a, quite a bit through there. It was it was you guys. It was a, a I I remember watching it a long time ago on vhs mm-hmm. but like after i watched it at the time it was hazy it was kind of a movie that like you remember bits and pieces of and you're like i think this was a movie <laughs> or it was a fever dream and then it was um like catching it years later again mm-hmm. on a monday mystery movie night well no before that i, I like i th- i think i can't like i can't remember when i saw it again but then there was the 
the the Monday mystery uh, movie night from the nerds mm-hmm. and nostalgia. You know what? I think I'm along the same lines with Adrian. I remember seeing it back in the day, but not really. And then it wasn't until like with you. I think at one of your like showings at the, the house, backyard. It was the backyard. I think it was the okay. backyard, and I was like, "Holy shit! This needs to be a Monday mystery movie night." Yeah, and that's I love the journey that those kind of <laughs> things happen because we actually then doubled up with Tough Turf because yeah. of oh, which was yeah a rough double feature in terms of the abusive boyfriends, which was intense. Oh man, I mean, you can if you want to go even more evil with Tough Turf than you do Tough Turf and the New Kids. <laughs> to to yes. have a have have Spader be the hero of one movie and then be just one of the darkest characters who's up there with Packard in in their their psychoticness. Yeah. It, it's well, and that was kind of the onion of the belt at the time. You would always get those um, jealous boyfriends that were always the uh, the uh, you know the enemy of the hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this is at a level of obsessiveness and just psychoticness yes yeah. just to 11 yeah like it's creepy and crazy it's extremely creepy and crazy he basically hijacked this girl after he killed her lover and like if you leave me i'll kill you and like and he's got the whole town terrified mm-hmm. where he we can kidnap somebody in the broad yeah. daylight and nobody will step up he'll challenge somebody to a race cheat and legally take their title and nobody legally can, yes and yeah. nobody can stop them and so like He's beyond despicable, yet what makes him even more despicable is that he's attached to goons that are so crazy, cartoonish, yes. over the top. I mean, he's an over the top villain too, but he's over the top in the like the wrong way. These are not only like physically, but like <laughs> well, their actions are over the top as well. And that's what I love. There's a lot of really cool kind of connectivity from Christine into this yeah. and a lot of it does come from not the goof crew in this case but my goodness let's look at the cast here so well, hold on I, yeah I want to I want to I say I, I know that this is a, a movie that you know causes a lot of opinions from us to come up because it's definitely one of those that you can't talk about it without going what the fuck is going on for part of this movie but of course you might have some new people oh yes who, who are coming into it so of course because it's diff it's difficult I mean, you can pare it down, but you want to add so much to it. So, like, the the basic synopsis from you. Oh, man. Killer? K- yeah. Shit. That's you, you, tough, you, right? Because look, look, look at that Greg right now. <laughs> He's trying to process, like, what you can and cannot say it's a killer, to somebody who's new. It's a killer car movie that is very 80s, from the cast to the production design to the soundtrack. Yes. But it plays... As if someone producing it was on a lot of cocaine, yes. and they just kept adding to it. It's almost like a Gremlins two bit, yeah. just in terms of how much is stuffed in there. But it works, I think, in yeah. such yeah. a weird way. It's it's it's. If you want to break it down, you could say it's a story of a boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy comes back as car, shenanigans ensue, profit. Well, yeah. no profit. Wow, but like, <laughs> hey, car, but boy, but uh, but then boy, 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 like Turbo Teen the movie. Yeah, it, it's a it's <laughs> a way more than that. <laughs> it's it's boy boy meets girl, girl loses boy, boy comes back as car, boy as car Woo. kills people who killed him while also re getting girl with new face, and then boy gives car to little boy. Yes, 
I like with it. instruction manual, even though the there's book, a chance yeah. that it's I the car might either be from you know, heaven or Listen, purgatory or, some, that's, or, that's or, or another planet. Like, okay, so if he died, yes. And now we're going into mad spoiler territory. So if he died and came back as Charlie Sheen, did so? Did his soul go up to space? Is this like you were saying? Is this like yeah. a celestial? Is this like a is this like produced by Kirk Cameron? Is this the Cameron Mobile? <laughs> you know, is this a celestial heavenly heavenly car? Is for he vengeance? is he is he half Starman? Right. I mean, like, no, so it's very simple. It's very simple. And you know what? Magic. God help us if you came back as Doug Henning. It's the Henning Three Thousand. <laughs> no, that's a no. Listen, we're going to talk about like the, like the weird connectivity to these films, but yeah. we can go one. To, it's another revenge based film called Cr- The Crow. Mm-hmm. Which features a street tough by the name of Skank, but it, it's it, you, he's coming back for revenge. That's but but, base, it, but it, I that, don't need in the, that movie. Mm-hmm. He he, d- he dies crow. with the crow. Tri- that's fair, and you can tie because he died in a car. That that's how he came <laughs> back. Is a I, different maybe, car? Maybe maybe, the, maybe what happened was like an Eric Stoltz Back to the Future car. Because oh, like they started filming with one dude. Like okay, your first scene is going to be the sex scene with Cheryl and Finn. Bet right. All right, cool. Then disputes come on or something. Like, no, we found somebody else. Let's bring in Charlie Sheen. Well, what happened? That's what happened. You know, fucking the first the first yeah. actor died on his way back to the home planet. <laughs> so like I if I if I had to to do <laughs> as everybody knows with you guys, you like to do your nerd knowledge when it comes oh, to man. either um what's it called? Uh your your oh, yeah. shutter shout outs or, you know, certain movies when you're doing your mystery films. Uh huh. You like doing that. So with this I would do in a weird way, mm-hmm. do Starman, okay, plus um, Savage Dawn okay. with Lance Henriksen, <laughs> yeah. plus Streets of Fire. Okay, I, I you know what I like now. I was looking for the chase to be in there somewhere. I don't know if that's a little too on the that nose. That makes sense though. Yeah, I, I but I like where your mind works, and that's, that's because crazy, because you, you have those because you think of you take out some of the music, mm-hmm. but Willem Dafoe is still. That way, yeah. he sees the girl. He takes the girl. The girl's his, even though the girl wants nothing to do with him. This would make a wonderful video game because you could have the driving levels, you could have the fighting level, the shooting levels, the shooting levels, and you have the different bosses. Because we have we we started talking about the cast. We haven't even gotten yeah. into the cast. We this movie's wild. So well, so so it would basically be kind of having like the the spy hunter video game meets the. Uh, Aerosmith Revolution game. No, there was one that was on the Nintendo called The Adventures of Bayou Billy. And okay. it was one that actually had side-scrolling, point-of-view guns, and a driving level. Oh. It was hard as all get-out. You actually fought alligators and shit. It's, oh, nice. Yeah, there hopefully some of our old-schooler gamers out there will be <laughs> happy about that. No, th- no, this is one of those that the cast top to bottom... You all are gonna have those Rick it's Dalton that dude. moments, it's that dude, yeah. or like, what's going on? What's up with that dude? <laughs> what's, well, I don't know. Do we do we start creepy or no? Let's work just into get, creepy. Let's, let's start in the sheen hole. Well, okay. there's about there's about seven different versions of creepy people who in play creepy yeah. people, people who turn into creepy people, people who just look creepy, people that are creepy watching the movie when we're watching certain things. Yeah, yeah no. Okay, yeah, we're so, not going to get creepy yet, but we are going to get creepy. So with 1986 Sheen. with Charlie Sheen, the same year he's in Platoon. Yes. Which is one of the you know biggest films of the year. It's walking away with multiple awards. He's being praised in the movie and he's legit good in it yeah you know he's legit good in it but then also then that year <laughs> he's in the wraith 
Which, as we said, on the on the surface and face of things, it's a silly little killer car movie. He's not yeah. even the face of the wraith. No. No, like in fact, the car and the the Daft Punk driver yeah. with Ricketts is the face <laughs> of the wraith. He's in a total of maybe ten minutes at most of yeah. the movie. I, I'd say about fifteen in at, there. I, yeah. I, yeah, especially with the, uh, the last the, minute montage at the end, and, and a lot of the uh, the the sex scene. Oh yeah, of which and the pool scene, the pool scene of which it's in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, it's the, and, the uh, inflatable uh, and wacky raptor or whatever. Oh, yeah. In in the in the Hot little waters. yeah in well, the little stream area of the Nile. This movie follows just so many movies of that era. But Charlie Sheen's got this weird accent going on. Well, even you mentioned at yeah. one point. Yeah, there's a there's a point you know where he kind, I of, am. He, he kind of dips into a weird like southern ish accent. Well, it's it's never like you guys. It's never mentioned where he's from, what brings him back. It's very ambiguous, and I like that. I don't necessarily need that explanation. No. I just need in this point. Scars. Stars. stars, stars, and scars. <laughs> and, hey, you get him with this, yeah? Uh, shit, uh, we're talking like, um, uh, oh my god, the Clint Eastwood film, High Plains Drifter. High Plains Drifter would probably pair really well with this one. There's Western themes to it. Hell, yeah. The rickety cricket things; those are almost like spurs <laughs> when he's walking towards the the, they the do garage. Jingle, jangle, jingle. Yeah, no. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool shit with this, but this is also 1980s Charlie Sheen. This is before he became kind of the caricature of himself. Right. Because he was then two years away from Major League, of which he's really good in. Yeah. Uh, I think we were mentioning it off mic. I think it's ver- ve- uh, Terminal Velocity. Yes. Would you say this is the start of Prime Sheen? Like, this oh, is yeah. Like... This is where the machine thing started because then it also. <laughs> nice. I, w- I had that in, in my mind, dude. Yeah. Machine and Malcatraz. Yeah, no, it's, it's very much that because this is where that reputation started and it was a as we see, as time goes on, it becomes less and less funny and more and more just sad. And you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, you hope they get help. But no, this is like... Kind of like he becomes that. a gutter boy? Yeah, yeah he, he becomes does, a gutter yeah. boy. Yeah, you can throw a Sarah McLaughlin song on the back of any of the montages <laughs> with them. And you're just like, oh, man. That's, For just that's a dollar a day, you can help Charlie Sheen on his road to recovery. So we've got Nick Cassavetes as Packard. <laughs> and Jesus Christ, this dude's a monster. He is. And Another I, 30-year-old teenager just fucking yes. shit up. He's like a foot taller than everybody. He looks a decade older than they everyone. They called him, oh, they, they had a very specific name for what they called him. They called him a genetic misfire. Yes. <laughs> which is very appropriate. But he is doing a number of things with this movie. Number one, he is always donning driving gloves yes because you never know at a minute's notice everyone's wearing fingerless gloves um he's got a choker on throughout that film Mm -hmm. pre-puka shell yes yes and but he did have some turquoise to to, to go in with that well that's appropriate i mean the movie was shot uh, in tucson arizona yeah so i mean that's of the of the style, the or- it was the style of the time of was- the origin, yeah, uh-huh. the proximity and the everything. Um, but he is a just- monster. He just has this whole town afraid, and just like, you know, if I can't, I love you. Nobody can. Here, we're blood brothers. Well, I mean, you know, you 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 take that scene and you look at years later. You know, if I can't love you, nobody can. He goes on to direct the Notebook. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And that's what. That's just it. He would go on. He was. Directed a number of other films. Mm-hmm. A lot of you probably know him as Dietrich because it's just really close to my last name. But the bald <laughs> guy in Face Off. Yes. 
the one, the one that is actually Diddlin' the sister with yeah. Gina Gershon. Yes. Uh, the, he takes his face off. So he's had a storied career, but, but that's funny that he plays well, such I, a slimy character on screen, but yet he makes such sappy shit off screen. I mean, you, you, it's kind of, you look at, at the family that he's coming from, of course. Yeah. Gina Rollins and John Cassavetes were his parents, yeah. so. <laughs> a little bit of bust of both worlds, I guess. <laughs> yeah. A lot of expectations. Uh, we've got, and this is the, the weird thing, because you talk about, again, before people become characters of themselves, Randy Quaid as Sheriff Loomis. <laughs> He's proper good in this one as a, he was, as a Southern sheriff. He like was that. proper good in a number of films back in the day. Yeah, I mean, the only problem with this movie is that he, you know, he struggles to get the killer six different times. Because he's a Loomis. It's the Loomis tradition. And this is around the time that, yes, you are going to start calling the last names of people via either Loomis or a Carpenter, this or mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. And, and see, this is before... Uh, perverted freaky santa oh this is this is <laughs> this is long before the star whackers this has been when having that quaid last name yeah was mm-hmm. they i mean they were almost as big they as the everywhere. baldwins yeah i mean who can forget uh his brother in uh, jaws 3d <laughs> right <laughs> i'm a fan i'm a fan but no his performance is great because he's kind of balancing the wackiness that he's, he realizes yeah. that I'm working with some cartoon characters. What's but weird is when Randy Quaid is your ground. Is your voice of you well? Know? Okay, I I'm not sure if we can exactly say ground because he <laughs> does have to uh, start any conversation with anybody with an with at least one to two insults to them <laughs> every single time. I think the it, only person is is when he when he's talking to. Um, uh, the 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 brother what's uh, Billy mm-hmm. when he's talking to Billy mm-hmm. towards the end he just calls him kid and that's yeah. that's it I guess Billy is the most like grounded in reality everybody else's cartoons but he's the one that has to bring everybody down he's he's as grounded as the ground beef that he serves up daily I, you know what <laughs> Kay's driving burgers looks rad it I looks like there. a fun place plus yeah. you got Brooke Burke serving you on roller skates good job man I know I'm impressed I'm surprised my like I didn't like Zach Brack Mulrat into like I'm just, <laughs> uh, well that's out. just it though you, we always talk about how certain references we throw out definitely age us in a specific way so there's a I guarantee there's some listeners out there that don't necessarily know who she is why she was big for just that small little while. I don't even know why she was big for a while. She was just like, hey, I'm Brooke Burke and I'm here. Well, cause because she was, we was, all watched E. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what I'm here on vacation was... in the bikini and like, look at what I'm doing. It's basically the lifestyles of rich and famous, but like instead of Robin Leach, you had somebody sexy. you know. And I'm sure if, if you find Robin Leach sexy, that's your bag. Go for it. But if you do, I don't know why. And so like, but but it was it was it was at that time where you had people who would who would watch stuff. I mean, that's yeah. what people yeah, forget. Yeah, that's what we would do because like there was nothing else on. Or like, well, the, but not just that, but like the the personalities of people, mm-hmm. like yeah, with, with people who are like, hey, there's you know TikTok stars, and and you know YouTube yeah. people like that. Yeah. And but they were the proto version because yeah. they they like the people who are on E and stuff like that were coming at the time that you had the end of like. The way the VJs used to be, yeah. Martha Quinn crawled so these people could. Yeah, and because I, I remember Burke was was coming out at the time that you had like Carson Daly, yeah. on the other side. So you had that different transition. Tara Reid had a uh, oh, yeah. wild no. on. See, so right, see, that's the thing. So right, Brooke Burke left, and because Tara Reid took over her spot, and then yeah. that led to Paradise. And so, like, basically, well, you had the downfall Car- Carmen Electra had had her own thing, yeah. yeah. But it was at that time that that's how you had lots of these people that lots of the personalities 
that like otherwise because you it was the opposite side of like having like entertainment tonight yeah you know or or access hollywood yeah. and, and those people it was it was it was the ones that they were trying to present as well, more presentable so, that people are like oh that's somebody that i'd actually want to hang out with but speaking of does that make it kind of sad that that like we're absolutely sure that saying oh e true hollywood like whatever or not e uh, vacation or brooke burke is a timestamp. meanwhile we're like oh it's brooke burke well yeah but this was also a movie that you were noticing at the time of mm-hmm. you know came out in 1986 and mm-hmm. so it's not till a while mm-hmm. later that Wait. she becomes that that personality so i mean it's just like people who you know, they, they start out a different thing. It's just like somebody who would go back and watch, go, God, what was it called? Losing It? Oh, with Tom Cruise and uh, oh, what's his bucket? A Rosar. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's but it also just shows you she didn't get like overnight success. No, she no, put no. in her due. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. I was in a roller skates. She's working nine to five, serving up burgers at K's. Yeah. Or the, uh, the, the Kevin Costner movie. That I can't remember what it was, but it was like a trauma or somebody like had the rights to distribute like one of his first movies that I think was like a sex comedy or something like that, that that they pushed out. But it would be like the people who found that later on. It was like, wait a second. That's that's Kevin Costner or or any, you know, um, actors who were in in back in scenes Mm -hmm. and weren't really anybody. Somebody Mm -hmm. who was like like with this, she's literally in the credits as, you know, waitress at (laughs) at diner. It's like. Roller skate waitress. You, you, you don't have a name. You just have a job title. Yeah. Just... Oh, it's just like Kelly Preston. Yeah. Oh, Surprise, yeah. Kelly Preston's. Yeah. It's just it's it's nice to see. It's nice to see. Now, we're gonna we're gonna get to her later. Um, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the Goof Crew here. Now we have we've talked about Skank before, played by David Sherrill, and Skank's appearance with the mohawk and the matching uh, pseudo Ultimate Warrior makeup, straight, straight out of class of 1984. Yes. And his persona the one that is imbibing auto hydraulic fluid hydraulic fluids wd-20 not wd-40 because we noticed the label yes right? we did yes we did but he i mean he's that guy he's yeah. the chemical dude uh, he's the one that's unhinged and he plays it perfectly i mean but also when we're first introduced to them though the problem is they come off, and I mean, from the get-go, they're a salty. They're gnarly. They are touchy-feely yeah. in the worst possible way. So you're not like going, aww. Shenanigan. No, like, it's like, these are bad people. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I mean, it's a, it's a dark stretch of yes. desert highway in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. That Nothing three, good comes from yeah, that. Three cars come behind the uh, the Daytona, yeah. and then they had the two cars that Already were set up, up in front. So that's it's very strategic. Creeps. Yeah, this is not the first time. that this, Again, it's been established they rule the town. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, they, 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 I can't remember what uh, George at the beginning calls him, but he calls them road, road pirates. pirates. Road pirates. And that, that they're just like stocking the land, just stealing whatever me. cars they can find. I'm the driver now. <laughs> but that leads us to sporting, again, the Jack Nance eraser head look, the great Clint Howard playing Rughead. Don't fuck with us, man. Fucking Clint, and anything Clint Howard is grand, but he comes yeah. up. He's now is he part of the assault in the first one? Because no, 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 no. He he said he yep. he heard like he. It was one of those that he saw something. 
mm-hmm. but he wasn't there is what he mentioned. He put two to two together. No, no, not the main one, the first one, the one where they're first dragging of the Daytona when they get all touchy-feely. I don't oh, think he's yeah. there. He, he's oh, there. no, he's there, yeah, because he, he, is... he's, he's got the light. And oh, light yeah, a piece of cardboard. Okay. I didn't and he see does him the... get the touchy-feely. No, no, no he doesn't. He's, he's, he's off to the side. Yeah. But, but, yeah, he's the one who, who has, has the famous, you lose, you lose your car! Uh, it's but he's wonderful in this era, and he's he's really good yeah. in the movie. Especially. It's a wraith, man. He's fucking with us. He's Look got his he's... briefcase. I'm taking my blueprints and I'm getting, getting out of here. here. Well, he adds that level of pathos after every one of his friends died to the point. Even when he's talking to Loomis, even Loomis actually gives him a little bit. He puts a hand on the shoulder tenderly for a second. It well, was, because he's like, look, why am I being punished for something that I didn't even I didn't, do? I wasn't there. I didn't know about it. I didn't know what they were going to do. And I think, like, like Rickety Wraith realized it and spared him. So, Well, I, but, I mean, that, that's still technically a horrible moment, even if he spared him, is that he, of, he, he goes therapy. right next to him and then he goes, check out what I'm going to do. Kaboom, I just blew up your friends. Right. That causes you see him, this now? Yeah, that causes him to, to literally s- tell Loomis and say, they vaporized. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale. And then it drives back being like, see? Be, glad to, be glad that you're alive. That's what led him on a path to darkness he decided to get an ice cream van after this and go nuts and then when that didn't work for christmas time he decided to join a worm cult <laughs> so the many trials and tribulations of glenn howard well you also realize he was just kicked out of that military academy right before here as well so exactly. yeah it's been a, it's been a tired road i mean his his family was messed up you know ever since his dad worked on the apollo 13 mission <laughs> and at uh, mission control yeah, it just it, it caused his dad to drink because they they thought they were going to lose him. Well, it's funny too because uh, Roger Corman, uh, Ron Howard, he I think he either starred in or directed this movie called Eat My Dust, and mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a car culture flick from back in the sixties that again a lot of this was eventually pulling from. Because Skanksmobile was cool. Oh, the Skanksmobile is great. It was, it was the Cuda. The, yeah, the Cuda with the whole like uh, I I I'm a sucker for any car with like a toothy mouth painted on it. <laughs> well, it just it looks, adds to the cartoon. It looks like he's got like little marks, marks on there. Marks on it. Like, yeah, it's very acme. Now, here's the question, though, and I know it probably com- contains some sort of illicit substance, but in um, Garth's Mirthmobile, <laughs> they've got the little licorice thing in the middle. What in the Skankmobile? What are they pulling from? Well, if it's Skank, it's probably like some, some, some sort of like chemical. Of course, yeah, yeah, right? But I'm trying to think of like... Is there something out there that could be gnawed on, grazed upon, or maybe even better yet, just like a little, almost like with those beer helmet hats, where he's got a little funnel that he can put right into it's his mouth? It's one of those, you know what, it's one of those um, those filters that you have in the, um, that you see in, that smell good. It's just like filled with like those good smelling chemicals. That's like his candy. He pulls that out and like they back in the day no, when they used to have he, the discs. I was gonna say he's but got, they have the, the the ones for cars now. And no, he had he had the before they were labeled as non toxic. He had the markers that uh, smelled like <laughs> like different fruits and stuff like that. Those Except were, for he's those were he's delicious. he's the one who had uh, the root beer one, and it's just. No, he's got Twizzlers ones that are made out of those things that are that you put in sinks to get clogs out oh, of them. No. Those little sticks, and you just let them like dissolve. You know, and he's just chewing those things. That's his candy. It makes sense to me. It makes sense, and that character it would work. Now, not necessarily to round out the cast, but we're fifty minutes in, and I'm very proud of at least a couple of us. <laughs> oh well, no, we oh. we, got, we 
we got we forgot some of his oh, bad goof so we got the a, guy who with his f-bomb that got his comeuppance that was augie who was insane was oh. literally insane like if, if augie i think that they had to get rid of augie well early so he didn't overtake well no because he did because uh, billy makes the comment about him he's like don't worry we have plenty of dog food looking at him and then he makes the, the other comment about him about him being he, a well yeah. that's just it with augie you get two things that are very 1986, so consider this your another time. Another place. Warning. He's wearing a midriff. Yeah. Very exposed. And he does throw out the F-bomb. Yeah. Of which we were all like, oh, there it yeah. is, 1986. But more importantly, he's kind of the first victim. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, F-bomb comeuppance. Yeah. Very but nice. I mean, it's like, not only does he have the F-bomb, but he is he's- unhinged because he mentions uh, about... Or Billy makes a comment about him being a, a special or, or gifted or whatever. Well, he's also, in the first scene, he's also the one that is the really touchy-feely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So you get from the get-go. But but with the the Billy moment, when he uh, when Augie's coming at him, mm-hmm. that it's literally Packard who has to grab Pull him, him yeah, and, when... he, and, and pulled the switchblade to his throat while he's holding onto his eyes, and he's still yelling at him that, you know, he's going to kick the shit out of him and piss down his throat. When you're Packard's mad dog, you're... Yeah. you're bad that's news terrifying. you know when packard has to keep you on a leash that's extremely bad news so yeah he, he had to go first he also has the longest death in yes, the, in and the, the car. most glorious death his death was fantastic that's that's just it the, again what i love that we're pulling here with these early films are the lack of the ones and the zeros that it is all practical but they could have done it because they had ones and zeros in this movie too they if they wanted to in try the something kind of way goofy, from the get-go well from the intro you get the ones and the zeros but then all the explosions the car everything carnage is real mm. the, the 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 building exploding was real and rad too it was like craig r baxley was doing like you know second shooting assistant directing <laughs> on that day because the in-camera explosions are great yeah that first one it it was like watching a scene in death game Mm-hmm. Where it just keeps going, mm-hmm. like while well, he's rolling, he's still burning. It like was dang, Homer's going off the cliff. Just dun, 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 the dun, the dun, one dun, that it made dun, me dun, think dun. of was uh, Hudson Hawk. Yes, with the with the limo, uh, which then has the greatest callback in a movie that I I don't I haven't watched in years, so I don't know how it plays off because it does deal with uh, a main character who has a, a disability and is played by a normal person, but it's part of the. Um, the the movie's about not really judging those people and everything. It's the movie Pumpkin that had uh, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci, and that uh, her boyfriend character, who's not as bad as Packard, but is stalkerish, when she mentions that she's going to to stay with Pumpkin and everything, he's drinking and he gets really sad and he goes into his car and he's crying while it cuts to them dancing in the the limo that he's in and he's wiping tears from his eyes and then all of a sudden goes ah and his car flies goes to fly off and it cuts to and it's the exact footage from the limo (laughs) that crashes at hudson hawk that's incredible wow i love that kind of stuff that's, because it's one of those things that if you don't know it, but it because yeah, it's a very specific one, and it's one of those well, that kind of like if you weren't sure about the tone of the movie the whole time, the fact that they literally insert that explosion. Well, that's also the lack of faith they had in people re- uh, going, yeah, no one's going to recognize a Hudson Hawk thing. Come on, <laughs> come on. Hudson Hawk explo- had a video game, man. We needed an explosion, but we don't have any more money. I got an <laughs> idea that just might work. <laughs> but this also introduces. Something that 
I'm not going to say derails at least genius in my school. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Anytime an ambulance comes on screen, <laughs> or at least I should say an ambulance. We had an ambulance and a naked gun reference in this. We did. We did. We were restrained. But it, <laughs> it begged the question, how would the Wraith do in the cannonball run, given the nature of powers, speed, regenerate. I mean, no, it would it would it would fail in the cannibal run, but it would win Death Race 2000. Oh, it absolutely would win okay, Death Race 2000. Fair. It would absolutely win Death Race 2000. I don't know if it would win the cannibal run because we know it's fast, but also like Jackie Chan's car is pretty like technologically advanced as well. And so it might give the Wraith car the run for its money. And- Plus I'm telling you, man, Captain Chaos. Yeah, you, you got to throw in that chaos factor because it's the if, wild card. If shit, exactly, if shit hits the fan and him shows up, he might single-handedly destroy the Wraith's car again and get the driver back into more leg braces and shit. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, so the design of and it, it should be noted from the beginning of the film, it shows you. Everything about this movie. It's, it's like cool. it looks like a car commercial. It does look it's like almost, a... but like an eighties commercial, like at the nineteen eighty four GM's showcase, prepare to be wowed with our <laughs> next unveilable model. Coming soon, the nineteen eighty five Wraith. It's rad. Elon Musk is looking at it and he's like, It needs more more lights on the side. <laughs> Instead of the Wraith, can we call it like the X five three seven two? Oh, okay. It, but it's it's shot in such a way that, it's, and then here comes Daft Punk, and one more time. But it looks cool. It, it does. It looks super fucking cool. It looks almost post-apocalyptic in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way everything is kind of put together. Yeah. Well, and no offense to Arizona, but setting it in the Arizona desert does add the post-apocalyptic yes. effect. Yeah, that isolation. But, but mm-hmm. it definitely works with the widescreen shots and, oh, and the car. Yeah, it's the, gorgeous. The low camera car shots that they have it's, and everything. It's almost like uh, if George Miller was second DP. Well, this was shot by Reed Smoot. And it owes a lot to George Miller based on the point of view that we got with the cars. Yeah. The the low angle. In fact, there was almost like this Dutch tilt angle. Yeah. And then when it over the car. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it was a neat angle. And well, and it should be noted that sadly, someone did lose their life yeah. filming this movie. Uh, one of the cameramen, yeah. sadly. And that's, you know, the, I the, mean. The, the camera operator, I want to make sure that we uh, get his. Uh, name right um, is that I know his last name was Ingram. I'm trying to remember. Bruce Ingram. There we go. Uh, was his his name? He was a camera uh, camera operator who died during the filming of one of the car chases uh, with an overloaded uh, camera car that that flipped over. Mm-hmm. And then there was another um, crew member who was seriously injured in that same accident. And listen again, we praise the use of practical effects, but. There's a cost to that, and that's yeah. a reason why there are more ones and zeros now because of the fact that you can do it safer, and that should be praised. Yeah. But this is back in the day when they just didn't have yeah. some other options, and it was you would try to minimize you know, the danger as much as you can, yeah. but while still trying to create well, the movie magic. Something, yeah. Yeah. It was It was technology. You know, I, it, Technology advanced, and they found ways to do it and as computers got better mm-hmm. and cameras got better they did that i mean the the famous one when it comes to to car stunts and stuff is that it's bad boys too it's the one that always <laughs> yeah. comes to mind because of of how michael bay and the team were working on it so that they had the rigs that had the cameras that were sticking off 
uh, the side of the car to be able to get shots that people wouldn't be able to do. And they had it feeding back, you know, the, the footage, you know, because of different cameras that they were using and stuff. So they could have, and it happens a couple of times in that movie that the cameras are destroyed, yep. but they were able to, to get the shot. And it's one of those that they're able to do that because they know that people aren't going to, to be hurt. And now we've mm-hmm. gotten to the point where you've got all the different, you know, drone footage and stuff that you can do to be able, again, to go places that people weren't able to creatively so. and safely. It's a nice combo. Yeah. It's a good combo, and I think that's just actually... don't only have the overhead <laughs> shot. And you're sparingly. Yes, if you're an indie movie and yeah, you're going to well. have the overhead shot of a car driving on the highway, do do some other things with the drone too, please. Well, we need to talk about the driver of the car because <laughs> he is like old Hollywood royalty. Uh, but Buddy Joe uh, Header uh, is the driver, and he or. I'm going to make sure I say that correctly there. I cannot read my handwriting at this point in my life. This is horrible. This is this is great filler, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, let's see here. Stunt corner. Buddy Joe Hooker. Oh, yeah, I would have oh, been. Okay. Oh, yeah. They yeah. Gave, they, TJ like, Hooker. They would have given me the salsa treatment. BJ Hooker. BJ. Well, <laughs> technically, Buddy, Buddy Joe. he was the driver on Hooper. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I should have known, which glorious goddamn film. Yes. That is a great one. Did but, he drive in the Cannonball Run? More importantly, he drove in Death Proof. Ooh. And, he, and Quentin Tarantino specifically sought him out to do a lot of the, the car work for Stuntman yeah. Mike. Oh, wow. Which, there you go. And which, because technically Stuntman Mike is very much a Old callback Hollywood. to yeah, yeah. the Buddy yeah. Lee Hookers. But yeah, no, uh, he Buddy Hank, God, good Lord, Buddy Joe Hooker. It's been a long week, <laughs> I think, on all of us. Uh, but Genius no. got it. BJ Hooker. Mm-hmm. He, got, he got it. But no, the work, the stunt work in here, the driving again. You get the 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 speed and a half ramp up, which I always yep. like. It gives it that Benny Hill kind of treatment. And I love the fact that it just his he doesn't go and actively run people down. He's well, it's, he does, but he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and beat you in the race and then yeah. stop. Surprise! It's it's like it's like Dominic Toretto decides to hit the nos <laughs> and then tur- turned his car to the side and jumped out of it so that you would crash into it. Mm-hmm. Neat, 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 neat. And the best part, much like Christine, is just instant back and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And part of the revenge. And as we noticed, every now and after every kill, one of the leg braces and the connectivity would disappear. Just get better. And see, and here's the thing. And it's like, you're like, oh, well, he's an outer space driver. He's a ghost driving or alien. But also, even when he comes out and does his dirty work, he never really kills anybody as a human. Only as the car oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. does yeah. he kill. Because he comes up and he shoots the shit out of yep. the barn. That that's why even though he he does have his uh, his motorbike, you can't call him a ghost rider. Yeah, negative. That pattern is full. We've gotten this far in. We're not talking that yet. I want to talk about the soundtrack. Oh my god! I want to talk about the soundtrack. Soundtrack is rad. And I was really impressed with all the good music. As a metalhead, it scratches a particular itch for me. Uh, you've got one of my favorite Ozzy Osbourne tracks, "The Secret Loser." You've Which got plays at a weird point in the film. Well, it, it's most of the racing. yeah the racing scenes yeah. they would Montage. throw in. They throw in the metal music until it's like the pseudo sex and sad jealous boyfriend that comes in. Happy birthday, Christmas, Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler showing up in here, <laughs> but to me, adds to the level of me it too. This is Bonnie Tyler. I give her shit because of Happy Birthday Christmas, but at the same time, fucking. 
My go-to song is Total Eclipse. So like, yeah. I mean, you got Billy Idol in there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then at uh, at the Burger Shack, the the tone of the music takes a different turn. And we technically actually get several nods, at least within the score, very Carpenter esque. Yeah. In a number of ways. And Robert Palmer's playing in there too. <laughs> Fucking addicted to burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I would have taken a burger and fry from that place. Exactly. I mean, it yeah. looks rad. It looks great. Well, it's one of those old school diners with the roller skates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, I, I'm, I could never work there. We, I'm glad those. I'm glad those things are no longer a thing because. I would bust my ass on a daily. I would be like, <laughs> and Genius McGee is the clumsy waiter, and just <laughs> just been Jerry Lewising it out there. It's been well nice established. Lady. Your yeah. connection. Oh, okay. A couple of bits I need to throw out here really quickly. Uh, the director of the film, Cat, uh, by the name of <laughs> that's good. That's good. No, uh, Mike Marvin. Uh, we talked about Monday Mystery Movie Night. You remember the movie that kicked off Monday Mystery Movie Night? Yeah, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, yeah you're getting yeah. hungry for the burger that makes you move? Mm -hmm. Hamburger the Motion Picture, directed by Mike Marvin. It doesn't surprise me because there's not it's not a boner jam in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> but there's boner jam tendencies. Yes, there are. Yeah. Yes, there are. He also wrote but didn't direct Hot Dog the Movie. See, it tracks. Mm-hmm. Hot mm -hmm. dogs and hamburgers. <laughs> and a side of Wraith chips. Okay, now... I, we're officially an hour in. Good job, genius. Good job to myself. Wait. Or can we delay it even further? Randy Quaid loves sugar and coffee. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Do you think, did, like, did he lose his, like, left foot upon drinking that? That's what made him bonkers. <laughs> Fucking just too much, like, chemical imbalance when it came to the sugar. That, that's the whole his reason why. Santa's, this Santa's diet. That's what that is. That's like what Bud the Elf said. Fucking just, that's what happens. He's turned. That's why he's turning into Santa. A crazy, perverted Santa. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to say that I, I think that's why he's a couple steps behind in the whole movie. Because this is very much a movie where you do have law enforcement mm -hmm. at the forefront of it. And you have a sheriff who's hell-bent on trying to find out. And then he technically never solves anything. And then at the end of the movie, he just sees, and he's like, well, there they go. And he, he hasn't even put things together with who the kid is and no. stuff. And he's just like, well, I guess she's getting out of town. Everyone who could make her life terrible is, is dead. Because yep. he even says, he goes, there's somebody out there killing a bunch of people with their car, and it kind of is just for you guys. So, I mean, yeah, yeah good luck. If you want to help me, if you want my help, cool. But I'm not really going to do too much to help you guys out. I'm going to fill out the paperwork <laughs> right? at most. Because like, he comes up later when Clint Howard's the one that's like, look, because even at the Quaid interrogation, yeah. the Quaidigation, then he's... Like, look, yeah, I'll spill the beans. I don't want to yep, die for yep, something that I ain't. Yep. So, and even when Quaid comes over, you leaving? Fuck yeah, I'm leaving, and let me tell you why. <laughs> you know, so Clint Howard's the smartest one again, saves his ass, because nobody fucks with us, man. <laughs> so we didn't even, and then we didn't even talk about that one. Everybody had their own theme, right? But this one goof crew member, he was a letterman jacket, but he was also yeah. the accountant. With yes. the visor. So the he visor. was kind of nerdlinger, but also the jock at the same time. Was he like the two-face of the group or something? It's, it's a small town. You have to do double duty. Yeah, yeah. You're multitasking. There's, there's only, like, within, like, probably a 50-mile radius, there's no other schools. So, like, they, the football team, you have to play offense and defense, and you're also only playing against people who are at your same school. Yeah. And I also felt bad for the other character we missed is Lucas Hopkins. 
Or the guy who looked like Lucas Haas, the brother. Billy. Billy. I yeah. th- oh, oh, Billy. Right? I feel bad for him because, like, it, he was the only one that actually tried to stand up to Parker. Right. And he kind of got the, sh- the, the short end of the stick when it came to uh, attention from the dead one. You for, know? For, for all we know, he or his family owned the Burger Shack. Because he's the only person who's there every, every single day. day. Constantly. Yep. It looks like he's the only one behind the counter, yeah, there, too. Yeah, there's literally no other cooks that are there but him. And he can leave whenever he wants. And it's, when it comes to closing down, he's the one who's stuck there till whatever time. Again, pro and cons to the mom and pop thing. You know, small mm-hmm. businesses, it's tough. Oh, they could be dead, too, for all we know. That's, we, they, he could no, be, they could be supplying the meat for all we know. No one has any parents. Case yeah, they there's, are surprisingly absent. There's no this. adults. No. Randy Quaid, no. When Randy Quaid is the only adult in town, you have a lot of issues with yeah. your town. And then, and then any of the police force. But then, other than that, like we we see, well, Carrie Cassavetti's leave her house. probably an adult, legal adult in this movie. <laughs> God, that just Packard is so he's like fifty creepy. It, it's as creepy as you can get without him actually going and fully. I, I know, I know, we have a discussion about one scene, yeah. but without him like fully going full on exploitation and raping somebody, yeah. Yeah. he does have. Give off the vibe of, oh, uh, I'm, I'm definitely somebody who's done that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you don't see that in the movie. There's yeah, they, they should be nice restraint. Yeah, I will oh, give them an again. I, I know, well, but it's, it's also still almost like blackmail rape, too, oh, where it's, it's like, if you don't, this is X, Y, Z. Well, we happen. talked about the but toxicity. But we, we don't the, have that, so. Yeah, but we talked about the toxicity of the relationship between Christine and Arnie last week. And yeah. here it seeps into this again, mm-hmm. where you have that one individual that is controlling someone. That is, you know, just putting up all these barriers and restriction. Yeah. And it's just it's painful. And especially when people see from afar and they try to intervene as they do. But sometimes it's just it's ugh. all yeah. he has is a switchblade. Ugh. That's it. A the guy doesn't again. have a gun. Nope. He doesn't have any, you know, a bazooka machine gun, a large machete or something. He just has a switchblade. But he he's able to exert Control the town so yeah. much fear. He's not the one who's out there killing people with cars. No, but he will break into your house and kill you and steal your girl. Yes. Well, I, your your cabin shack out in the middle of nowhere. Your evil dead. Oh, house. your your yeah. your your shagging shack. I think I even mentioned it. Kind of gave me a midnight cowboy vibe. Just no. like the flashback. Oh where yeah, because like... in the final flashback, we noticed that they they <gasps> punched they... Carrie in the face. Wow. Yeah. That was tough. painful to watch. It's tough. It's tough. No, and listen, Sherilyn Fenn is great in this film. Yes. Bottom line. Yes. Uh, Carrie's character, it's its its tough because a, of everything it, she yeah. goes through, but she carries the film. And let's, I mean, l- listen, she's... She's gorgeous in this film. She no, rocks it's, those this cowboy is 19, boots. This is 1986 Sherilyn Finn. So, yes, a lot of us grew up with her. I always knew her, for the most part, from, like, just one of the guys. So many people via Twin Peaks. Peaks. And she's been involved in a lot of great genre work throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she continues... To contribute and collaborate with David Lynch, but there's also tracks with the Boner Jam pedigree because oh. there's a lot of like bikini shots. Everybody's at the pool, the sex scene in the lagoon. I, and listen, you you said throughout the film, these white boots keep coming back, and she's wearing them with said bikini and with said like with everything, and probably said during said sex scenes <laughs> with, with, with Charlie with, Sheen roles. I, I was I was going to say with how small this town is 
everybody has a large variety of outfits That's and their nice. own fashion. Because yes. even Packard starts out and he's got his uh, his demon leather jacket because it's a full-on leather jacket. But when he when it's a hot day and he's going down to the springs, he not only has his, his jeans and no T-shirt, but then he's got the leather jacket with no sleeves. The best, baby. And the even higher collar. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, this very movie is very 80s. Yes. Very 80s. And I think... I'll, because a lot of us grew up with that, there are these particular Pavlovian Pavlovian. responses we have to where, God help me, I'm glad there's a lot of ponytail in this movie. But it wasn't (laughs) a side one. No side ponytails. In fact, at one point where I I had a moment, I was like, oh, good God. I was thinking like, ah. Nope, nope, nope. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, that's because they couldn't have time to to make a side ponytail because for, (laughs) for all the men and women, they had to make sure that their cutoffs weren't going too high Either in the shorts department or the crop tops. The cr- then there's because there's even the random the random guy when Billy's getting beat up who's yeah. by the curtain who's got Sheer. the blue yes. mesh uh-huh. shirt. Yes, <laughs> and it, that's the style at the time though, yeah. man. That's the one thing. Again, it's I like look- they're they're like about I mean Camp Arrowack is in this town, <laughs> possibly. I think they actually order carry out occasionally. Why just, just the other day I was thinking, my, wouldn't it be lovely to have some burgers from Kay's Burger Shack? Why they're over there on the roller skates right now bringing food for everybody. That's just lovely. We don't even know if they have televisions in this town. I, oh man, like a movie theater, drive in, we, we didn't nothing. See, we, There's we didn't nothing. see any of those. All we yeah. saw was Burger Shack well, and We heard bars. radios. The, well, radios. this is why, though, I love the Western feel of this town is the, the stranger rides in Bucks rids the town mm-hmm. of the bullies and then yeah. rides right along not knowing who they are again a lot of clint eastwood parallels so you could do the, the man with anything with you know the the man with no name mm-hmm. so so is he taking her to die i mean because no. like he's like i don't have much longer yeah he, he says i don't have much longer like earlier in the day when he goes and says i have one thing to do i guess apparently drives around for Until- hours and until you know he, because I'm thinking if he night. like if he does the thing with her, that's oh, no. gonna kill her. No. Oh, no. You know what the, I'm the saying? Fi- the final shot is 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 him going off, but not realizing the magical power. So she just falls to the ground and is just Boom. left there alone. Oops! Like 30 miles out. Or of she doesn't quite make the cha- teleportation when he disperses and she's shredded into like, pieces. It looks yeah. like nope, just raining blood down, raining pieces of poor Cheryl and Finn. Well, what about what about what but, about Billy when he has any trouble? with the car tries to de- take it to a dealership exactly now and then he's like hey do i put on un- <laughs> you gotta use unleaded dude unleaded right so like where where does the instructions are in the in the glove compartment cool yes. have you tried to read instruction for a glove uh, for a car it's fucking it's ridiculous it's it, tur- it turns out that that it does uh it, it feeds off of the soul's of uh of people, people who murdered other in. people Move wrong so like yeah, he now has like to rogueizer or or he or he has to become like the incredible hulk slash night rider just going from town to town to and solving uh people who've been murdered and then killing the murderers with the car because that's how he refuels it he, like that uh that sci-fi tv show that right. they had 
Yeah. He 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 gets a job in every desolate town as a burger cook, and the cycle repeats <laughs> itself over and over again. So what Charlie Sheen thought was a gift is actually a curse, right? <laughs> and same thing with Sherilyn Finn. The, because, in essence, either one, his body is going to decompose and turn into goo, mm-hmm. right? Because he says, I don't have a long time. Or two, if he goes back up into space or heaven or wherever celestial form he came from. She has to die. She has to yeah. die. Oh, that's sad. So, like... Yeah. Well, you know what? I, well, th- now I, I I don't know if it exists, but it feels like that the end credits of, of the movie should have had like a very synth heavy version of the sad walking away music for the But listen, revenge comes at a cost, and that's one of the. That's always like a through line through a film based on revenge. And you know what? Maybe that's the, the cost. The you, only you can become the, Charlie Sheen, but only for a little bit. The, yeah, I mean, that's probably what you only yeah. want. It, the the only price that he had to pay was that he he willingly gave up his car and he never lost the scars. Yeah, that's it. Like they, I that, that was a bad deal. It's like, hey, you you losing the medical rickets on the outfit that you're not wearing half the time, right? But all the scars on your body from when you died years ago, but you or however long ago, and you came back and you had a different face. Like, that's the thing. He said he says at the end of the movie, he's like, well, this is as close as I could get to come back to you. Why did you add the scars to your body? Couldn't you have used whatever energy and Do be you like used to t- change your face? Yeah, change your the face. Scars up a bit. Exactly. I, I think it's gonna. I think maybe that's what he he did. And he's like, this is as close as I could get because I had to re-add all the scars on my body. Authenticity plus chicks dig scars. That's true. But like that's what makes you think. Okay, maybe he's an alien. He could only use the certain things that he had. Like, brrr, like you can't say aliens. We have no no way of knowing it's aliens. That's true. Whatever it is that brought him back, maybe they didn't have all the pieces. Just maybe some, his face was too far gone. Some, and they're like, eh, you know what? We're gonna turn into Charlie Sheen. You there still you look like a white boy. You'll pass. You'll be fine. So, but you didn't do anything, didn't I? You know. So <laughs> like, but that's the thing. If he could turn into the body, like, yeah. Here you go. Charlie Sheen took his face. Oh. Uh, this one definitely was a one. Gonna die. Gonna die. Gonna die. Gonna so die. final thoughts on the Wraith here, gentlemen. This movie's fun as shit. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's the kind that you can just watch in the background and enjoy or like have a good time as we've, yeah. as we've yeah. seen multiple instances yeah. of. It works great with the crowd. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that's just it. It's as we said, what we've seen so far with the killer cars is they can, on the face of things, just be a killer car movie. Yes. But maybe they got a lot of stuff in the trunk there that we can, you know, unpack and you go, oh, ah. there's a lot of things going on here. That's the things beauty of the hood. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, and I think I think that's part of the thing is that any of these movies that, that have killer cars in them, the car is the showcase. But a car, while it could do things to give off the uh, presence mm-hmm. and maybe a form of personality, something that's easier to do with like a Herbie and stuff is that you, you have to litter the world with interesting enough characters. Right. And I think that's the difference that you have like nowadays, if they try to do some type of killer car movie is that especially with, with the, you know, advances technology, they're like, we'll give it a voice or no, you, you have to think of the car as, as being, you know, a version of Jason, mm-hmm. but we're not going to spend time to, to build out the characters in the world and so you have to do that because you can't spend the time entirely with the car you have to have people who are either with the car you know who who are the surrogates like having uh jake slash jamie slash the wraith <laughs> um and having in christine of course you have somebody who's there you have to have characters 
that can can go with it. You can't just have the killer car be out there and and have everyone else just be you know blank cardboard mm-hmm. pieces. Or the car being so charismatic because you said something. I would love to see a dark and gritty reboot of Herbie. Like if her instead of Herbie goes bananas, the it's, Herbie it's, goes it's, berserk. We, <laughs> there, there's a little computer in front of us and a thing called Google Uh-oh. and the Internet. I'm pretty sure that there is a version that exists out there. there. It starts off like a happy, friendly Disney movie. And then maybe about 20, 30 minutes, something happens like he blows a head gasket. And like they 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 put something on like, oh, he switched to evil. And he just goes bat shit on all of these like there's disney there, there's five thousand fan films out there there's got to be an evil herbie one out there and if not hopefully someone out here is listening go i'd like to make that i'd like to cut of your gym we live in a world now where winnie the pooh spent but a yes. couple days in the public domain and then somebody's like well gotta make an r-rated version of that the best of times and the worst of times. Mm-hmm. Blessing yes. and a curse. Angels to some, demons to others. Yeah, as we as we as we assumed with the wrath, the wrath. So, dude, thank you, man. Yeah, for coming in, always come and talk again. Uh, just guys. knowing everything that's going on, I know this is always kind of much needed for us, even though it does take some time out of the day. Yeah, I always love bringing you back on because again, <laughs> a lot of people that they don't know that whole Monday mystery movie night, all that kind of stuff. That's where Adrian and all of us met initially. Yeah. And if it was for our mediocrity and doing this kind of stuff, like <laughs> we wouldn't like have a legit friend that yeah. you know we 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 bust the balls of, but that's just because we legit love you, man. So yeah. it's likewise. Always come on here, you know. It's always fun talking movies with you guys, even though it's usually within thirty seconds or forty-five seconds that we go off the rails. So and sadly, this one went off the rails quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. Uh, I'm going to blame this guy here. You know, the, 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 and I was not even going to say the co pilot. You're totally the pilot, my friend. So uh, we are going to be closing out uh, our killer car carnage with a film that's going to be a first time viewing for both of us. Mm-hmm. And it's one that chronologically we'd probably kicked off as well. It's an OG. Very much an OG. Very much an OG. And very much looking forward to it. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Don't fuck with this. Man.